Welcome back to Inside Princeton Vikings Athletics here on vikenation.org and ESP Media Power by Sidearm Sports. My name is Jason Griefer. Joe Roberts joining us once again. We're talking spring sports here starting today and going forward through the month of April and into May. Joe, good to have you back here. First of all, before we get into talking about our teams and student athletes, I got to congratulate you on receiving a, a very cool honor a couple of weeks ago, the uh, Southwest Ohio Athletic Directors Association Award of Merit, awarded to one uh, Joe Roberts in recognition of meritorious service, leadership, and special contributions to interscholastic athletics at the state and local level. So congratulations to you. I know it's not the first honor you've been awarded for all of your great work up there at Princeton, but uh, I imagine that's a pretty cool one to receive. It is, Jason. I mean, you know, uh, every athletic director in Ohio puts in a tremendous amount of time, actually across the country. We all, you know, countless hours and countless times and just appreciative of, of all the support that the Southwest Association shows all of our athletic administrators. And, uh, you know, it's it's a humbling little opportunity to be able to receive that award. It's a nice recognition. Very well deserved. Uh, before we get into talking about some of our spring sports, we had a little bit of news break this week uh, regarding a uh, outstanding fall athlete, and that is the fact that you're a quarterback of the football team, junior-to-be uh, T.J. Engelman has already decided where he's going to take his talents to at the next level. He's going to Georgia Tech, so he'll yeah, be down right. in Atlanta in, in, a, in a couple of years. Yeah, uh, obviously, you know, had to fill in where he had an injury uh, at quarterback just uh, for most of the season last year and really just came out of nowhere and exploded onto the scene as just this phenomenal athlete, can throw, can run. Uh, what was the reaction not only from T.J. but within the program when he uh, announced publicly that he was uh, going to go be a Yellow Jacket? Well, I think the social media uh, blitz was really, uh, you know, it was kind of onslaught. We, um, you know, coming off of spring break last week, and TJ has been down there, I believe he's had two visits uh, to campus at Georgia Tech. And, um, you know, so when the announcement hit yesterday, I think it's just, uh, it's super exciting. And it sets the tone for the rest of our student athletes and the rest of our football players that, you uh, you find where you are comfortable, uh, where you feel you can compete, and you make that commitment. And then for TJ, I am sure that those offers for the next two years are going to continue to come. And um, it's such a, a moving um, moving object right now, this, this whole idea between the portal and between uh, schools just constantly recruiting um, until he makes that official signing day. But he loves Atlanta. You can tell that he was very comfortable with the coaching staff. He is a special, special young man, and we're just extremely proud of him and super excited about what's to come for him after after high school. But we have two great seasons left, uh, and we're going to capture all of those momentums and opportunities for TJ that he that he earned. Oh, and one of the other things to think about, too, is Georgia Tech is no slouch when it comes to its academic rigors as well. So you, you got to be able to get the job done in the classroom and you, know, you can't get into a school like Georgia Tech if you don't take care of that, too. So kudos to him for, for uh, being able to do that and handle business in the classroom uh, yeah, there at Princeton. He certainly yeah. does that, Jason. He's a, he's a tremendous student athlete, and I, we use the word student uh, always. Mm -hmm. And he's just a, he's a great kid. He's great in the hallways. He's great in the classroom. He's just fun to, fun to see. Uh, he's very quiet. Uh, so it's just it's really neat to watch. And I think that uh, going to the ACC is going to be great for him. Well, and as you said, you've got two more years to enjoy yeah. him on and off the field. So uh, we'll be keeping track of his developments uh, going into the uh, sp 
into the fall season. Let's talk about your spring sports teams now as we're uh, kind of just getting going into the spring season. It's really interesting how condensed the spring sports season is really across the board. Uh, let's start with your baseball team. And uh, last 10 days, boy, it, it's been a uh, an onslaught of games, if you will. Uh, eight games in, really in the last 10 days or so. You win the first two against New Richmond and Cloverleaf, and then the, some of the t- t- tougher parts of the schedule come in, and it's been a struggle uh, since then, uh, including four uh, dropping the first four in the league. You got Fairfield twice coming up this week uh, to try and get themselves going in the GMC to uh, kind of pick up some wins there. But I also look at the way that things have worked thus far, Joe. Three of those losses during this uh, tough stretch have been by three runs or less. So there's been some games you've been in and things go one way or the other. Uh, I'm just wondering how the players are reacting to this stretch right now, uh, knowing that there's still a lot of season left. Well, I think what you just said, Jason, is spot on. There's a lot of baseball left to be played. I think uh, we are still in those early stages. I had a chance. I was here for opening day uh, a week ago Saturday, and then I've been out of town since. But um, despite the elements outside and the weather that we went through, you know, Coach DePeel and the team, we were pretty headstrong on the fact that we were going to have opening day and play baseball last Saturday no matter what. We wanted to get those games in. And I, I was really hesitant and worried about injury. I thought, you know, it might be too cold. Uh, you get a guy out on the mound, he starts throwing, and the next thing you know, he tweaks something or what have you. But those guys were ready. They battle. Our kids are, are tough with that. You know, baseball's played year-round a lot of times. So um, the, the first two games, it was just a great, you know, we really set, our tone, set a good tone for the season. We've hit a little slump here. I think what you said is right. I think it comes down to – getting the bat on the ball right now. I think our defense needs to to tune it up a little bit. And what is so difficult for high school baseball, I was talking to a parent this past week uh, just about how things went uh, while I was away. There's not a lot of time for them to practice. They've got game after game after game after game and night after night after night, and it's just back to back to back. And and the reason that is is got to get these games in when the weather's good enough to play, and and you, you fight that in the spring. Uh, same with softball. So you got to take advantage of some times for practice because, yes, we want to be on the field when we want to be playing, but they still need to be able to practice. So trying to find that that time where they can get the batting cage or they can throw or they can work on some some grounders or whatever the case may be, whatever strategy our coaches feel need, need some fine tuning, it's really important for us to, to be able to do that. You touched on the uh, softball team, and uh, they're just getting going as well. Not as many games in as the baseball team, but still a good handful. You did get a win over Northwest, 19-4, to but it's been a struggle for them outside of that. Now, I will say with that, they're already into the GMC schedule. Uh, three GMC losses, but you're talking about three of the four best teams, and not only in the GMC, but you can make the argument maybe in the region, if not possibly uh, in the state. So the schedule's been front-loaded really heavily. Uh, for this team, and, and they've taken their lumps as a result of it. And we've talked here on the show in the past how difficult this league is in softball uh, from top to bottom, and any win is a good win uh, in the league. Uh, knowing that with the schedule being front-loaded with so many heavy hitters off the bat, are we seeing a process right now of the coaches telling the young ladies, just stick with it, we're going to get through this stretch, there's going to be some more opportunities for wins coming up? Well, I, I think that that's, you know, Coach Black probably is, is one, of the, one of the first things that you notice is the consistency that he has. And I think it's a matter of, listen, we're going to go out there, and you're right. We've faced, I, don't, I mean, probably the teams that will probably be 
uh, in Akron at Firestone Park at the end of the season, at least one of them possibly, well, they'll both have to battle through the region. But um, getting them early is probably a really good thing for us because it's almost one of those deals where we're growing and developing as a team and building this program back. And we've done a great job with that. Our coaches have some tremendous numbers this year. The numbers are coming back, the, the participation. Kids want to be out there playing. Uh, so we get those and get those two big games in front of us, move past them. Uh, yes, the, the numbers were high, but we saw some good things out of it. And so now it's time to really work on some on some of the finer points. And um, I think we've seen a lot of that. Hats off to uh, um, <clears throat> Bree Good. You know, she's had two home runs this year so far. You know, I mean, so so there, there's just a lot of great things that we can see and some good momentum. And I think if Amanda throws the ball and and we can just keep that pitching and catching rotations going the way that coach wants to see them, I, I think it down the stretch, we're going to find our way into, into the mix. And that's all you can ask for, as I said, especially as we talk about how tough, tough this league is and how you can have some of the heavy hitters kind of beat up on everybody else. But if you put those little pieces together, those building blocks, uh, you might find yourself where you want to be towards the uh, towards the end of the season here. Let's move on and uh, talk about a sport here that's kind of becoming a, a it's been a growing and emerging sport the last couple of years uh, at Princeton. And we've talked about it and documented it here uh, on the show. And that's been your lacrosse program, girls lacrosse to be. Uh, specific here they get their season started this week they'll uh, travel across the river to take on Notre Dame uh, and also take on uh, Mercy McCauley we've seen the team in the program that we've talked about here kind of building up from that club status and getting closer uh, to being that full-fledged varsity status uh, where does that stand are we at the varsity level coming into the season uh, how's that process been so uh, you know we we work on on a five-year try to build and see if it's sustainable for five years and uh, Coach Short has just done an amazing job with keeping those girls and working to build this program up. Um, we are still in what we call club program, but we play a varsity schedule. We're a non-GMC uh, competing school in, in terms of we do not play a GMC schedule. Um, Coach Short has found matchups and opponents for us to help build and grow this sport for our girls and at the end of this season, we'll have to make a determination if we're ready for conference play. And as we move along, I don't remember off the top of my head, Jason, the cutoff, but we'll make a decision if we're ready for sectional tournament play this year. And because and we're allowed to do that, uh, we can declare to compete in the sectional tournament if we would like to, um, just to kind of see if, if we're ready, if you will. And I think this coming week will be a good indicator for us and Coach Short on, on where we are. As far as the play uh, on the field, practice training, you know, from last year leading into this season, uh, what's been the uh, energy level with with the girls on the field when they're out there at practice, knowing that they're building potentially towards that goal of, uh, yeah. you know, play, playing a full-on conference schedule and uh, postseason play? Well, you said energy level, and I thought, well, it's high school girls. I mean, they are just uh, full <laughs> tilt uh, energy. They're constantly bouncing and bubbling, and I – you know, I got a chance, right, like I said, I was gone last week, but I got a chance right when we started. I did did a couple of laps around the, during practices early on and, and saw saw everybody. And they're just they're just elated to be out there, if you will. You know, they, they're wanting yeah. to compete. They're wanting to learn this game. Um, 
And we don't we don't treat it any different other than the fact that we're just not ready to jump into league play, not ready to jump into full varsity play yet. And so I think that these girls are good and they they want to learn and grow this game. And it's it's fun to watch them. And I truly can't wait for the warm weather to hit, which they said this morning is going to start next week for for sure. And so <laughs> once it gets here, I can't wait for that. And then and the ground to be dry and the kids out there playing and throwing the ball into the net. It's going to be fun. Are you willing to pick up a stick and help them out? I could, Jason. I would. I, I don't know if I could throw it correct. I feel like if I had a ball and the stick in my hand and I went to throw it, I'd throw it straight in the ground. I just I don't <laughs> know. But it is fun to watch. It's amazing to see yeah. them play it. Yeah, it's it's a it's one of the more underrated sports out there. If you get it, folks, get a chance, get out there and support it. It's it's a fun sport to watch. Much more, more, more so than you maybe the perception is, but that's a lot of fun. So we'll keep an eye on that, and we'll also keep an eye uh, now on your uh, volleyball team as they're just getting started. The boys are uh, got started on Monday against Lebanon. Things didn't go your way in that one, but again, a lot of time left uh, in the season. You've got Oak Hills coming up, Lakota West coming up. So you, you know, no, no, uh, no days off, if you will. You get right into the conference play coming up, and uh, that's just kind of how it is again with this condensed schedule. We talked a lot last year, I believe, about kind of get building up consistency within the program, getting the numbers right, our rotations right, that kind of thing. Uh, what's the turnout been like for the team leading up to the uh, regular season, and uh, how are they? How are you feeling as far as the, the boys' ability this year to kind of mesh together and p- possibly be one of those teams that's up in the top half of the league? I think you know. I think we've done a tremendous job of that. I you know again, it goes back to just keeping them. Uh, it, you want them to start playing so much earlier and you just wish they would, but a lot of them wait and they come back out. And I think that, I think you're going to see a different team come the end of April than you will right now. Um, Cause again, it's about learning the rotations, about learning the, the set and about which way we want to take things. So really looking forward to seeing how they do this week. And, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about them as they come along. Well, and there's nothing wrong with uh, taking your lumps now. What's the point of peaking right now in the first week of the regular season? Right, right. And, and, you know, you're just going to battle through it. So yeah. I think it's going to be fun to see. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, tennis team also got going uh, on Monday. A uh, really, really nice performance against Northwest, a 5-0 sweep to uh, get things going there. Of course, we've talked about your facilities and kind of the luxury that allows you to have the numbers and to be able to get kids consistently out there on the quarter because mother nature sometimes has other ideas when you're trying to get them outside and uh, get some hitting in, in between matches. But uh, so you get the win over Northwest, you've got Coleraine Middletown uh, coming up uh, this week. What, what were the thoughts in the performance of the, of the uh, guys against Northwest? I know obviously a five Oh win leads you to believe it was a, a, a pretty comfortable day uh, out there, but, from match to match, what were the coaches thinking? How do the how do the guys look out there, and uh, how does that set up their prospects going forward into the two league matches this week? Sure. Well, you know, I'll start by saying Coach Mulholland has really. Uh, I, I don't know if he surprised himself or or you know if it was just one of those that were coming back from pandemic world, but our numbers were really high this year. I think he had twenty six kids that signed up, and um, he was nervous about you know what was he going to do and. And he and I talked just briefly about it. And I'm like, well, if they have the ability, let's not cut them. And let's let's mm-hmm. keep what we have because you don't know what you're going to need at the end. And so you have a heavy-laden uh, reserve team, if you will. 
and you rotate those kids through and just get them time on the court. And so we, we've got great numbers this year. Uh, yeah, we start out with Northwest and, you know, they're probably down a little bit more than, than normal and, and we're a little bit stronger than we have been. But here comes a great week for us to kind of set our pace. Uh, we know what's in front of us in terms of the league. We know that we know that Mason and Sycamore uh, are the standard bearers, if you will. And what, where we need to go is we need to continue to, to put ourselves in a situation where we're, where we're battling night in and night out. We're winning some sets. We're putting ourselves in the middle of the conference so that we have a good seed when it comes to the conference tournament. But more importantly, we know by going through this league how tough it is in tennis, it's going to help us for sectionals. And so, you know, if we can, if we can get it back down, it's like what we talked about this past fall with golf and girls tennis. It becomes that individual side in the team game we may not get second doubles through but can we get first doubles through and can we put the right combination together to put those kids in a situation to move them forward and I think that coach does that by watching what he has he's very consistent with his lineup but by watching what he has and matching those up as they move through so you know let's let some good weather come out here this week and, and let's try to avoid the rain and get these matches in so that as we prepare ourselves for the weeks to come you know, we know what we're facing moving forward. Touch on track and field here in just a moment, but you brought up something there. I want to kind of uh, expound into uh, just a bit. You mentioned the coaching staff there for your tennis team, having to adjust to being back to more of a normal and quote unquote post COVID uh, type of situation with the numbers uh, growing again, more kids being able to be together in a close proximity, practice, train, you know, what have you, how has that adjustment been for you on your side of things, trying to manage all of these uh, programs all at the same time and seeing that you're getting more and more turnout and -hmm. that you are able to operate under more and more of a normal scenario that we had pre COVID. Well, you know, we all, we all talked about how difficult it was going to be to get everybody back into a rhythm. And then everybody just came back and the rhythm was just right where it needed to be. Um, And it, it is so exciting to see that, you know, we want high participation numbers and we, you know, I, I understand totally our coaches have to be able to manage those numbers as well, but we want to see the kids back out there playing and we want to make sure that we're prepared to meet the needs of what they have in order for them to be successful. So, you know, it, it came in a real quick rush, if you will, our winter season ended and spring was already started. So you know, there was not a lot of gap there for us to be prepared. Now, the, the weather outside early on here has kind of slowed some things down, but at the end of the day, it hasn't. So um, I, I, think it's, I think it's really interesting to watch uh, the kids come back, but they come back in certain sports. It's kind, of, it's kind of one of those things, you know, we didn't have enough for a freshman baseball team, but we have a whole bunch that we could have maybe at the end of the day had two tennis, you know, two JV tennis teams if we – wanted to you know so it's just it's just comes in waves and it's it's interesting to see at this point would you qualify that as a good problem to have that you have the enthusiasm and you have a lot of kids want to come out to various sports well I think it's a great problem to have you know what I mean Jason I think it's a great problem um you know I'll touch on just just briefly we you know we had pretty good numbers that wanted to play boys lacrosse but we couldn't find a coach for them um, so those student athletes that since then have moved into other sports, i.e. boys volleyball or track or what have you, or maybe they just went back and started lifting weights for their other sports that they participate in. But there is interest there 
And so we want to capture that. I think it's the greatest problem to have that we can ever talk about, you know, the more, the, the more, the better. Absolutely. One of the sports that always seems to have a high turnout and participation and, and, and standout uh, student athletes is track and field now. And uh, one of the, Big reason to save this for last is because they have a pretty big deal coming up this weekend at the Princeton Invite uh, coming up on uh, Saturday. Hopefully, Mother Nature will uh, at least hold off the uh, precipitation. I don't think it's supposed to be exactly warm on uh, Saturday, but uh, hopefully that's the only thing the uh, the athletes have to deal with out there. So you're hosting. Take us through everything. How many schools you pl- you planning on bringing in for this? It, it, kind of the logistics. Uh, how things have been in the planning process leading up to this, and ultimately how you expect your student athletes to perform. So um, we're looking at eight boys and eight girls teams, 16 total. That's that's the ideal scenario for us. Um, I think Coach Smith and Coach Braddocks have just done an amazing job of putting out there some pretty high-level teams and some pretty high-level competition for our student athletes to face. Um, we are in discussion now on whether or not we're going to battle the elements or move it to the next day because the weather the next day is supposed to be sunny and 60 and gorgeous and people can come out and run, but we haven't gone, gotten too far into that. We started that conversation a little bit last night, but I think, you know, when you have an invite and my philosophy has always been, you bring the best of the best in, you don't all necessarily want to try to win your own invite. You're not trying to, stack it so that you're the you're the champion of your own invite. I think that would be a huge testament um, if we bring in the teams and, and we do do that. But I think right now uh, our coaches have this team moving in a direction of what we are going to do in June. And I think that is the focus and the goal of both coaches right now. We're putting our student athletes in scenarios to face the type of runners and the type of teams that we're going to see not only at our conference championships, but districts, regionals, and then again back in Columbus at the state championship. And uh, Coach Braddock's took a group of girls down to Atlanta over break. Uh, I know our four by four team was champions in one of the events one day. And I think some of that competition might have been some of the best in the country. So they know what they're trying to put themselves in front of. But, you know, I'm looking forward to a beautiful track meet, whether it's Saturday or Sunday or what day. Uh, we want to do it and, and just have some great days of running. And we're going to recognize our senior track uh, student athletes that day as well. It's always interesting when we first get going into the early stages of the spring season. And we've talked about it a couple of times here uh, today about the elements and how, you know, Cincinnati weather, it can be like we talked about, could be 35 on Saturday, potentially 60 on Sunday and kind of that yo-yo effect of the weather. I'm just wondering how you felt your coaches have been about handling that and trying to balance getting your athletes outside as much as possible, but also having to try to find other ways to get them training practice and whatnot when mother nature is not in their favor. Yeah, I think they've done a really good job of that, Jason. I think our, our team here in the office does a great job of supporting our coaches and student athletes to make sure we have Uh, facilities for them inside if they need be and that our coaches are respectful of one another in terms of rotating through they understand you know baseball and softball we only have one indoor space where you can really hit you know so you got to share that space and and they've done a wonderful job of, of of rotating them through and then they have to remember you know we're seven through 12 programming so 
not only do our varsity athletes have to have some practice time, but so do our underclassmen and our lower level practice uh, needs some practice time as well. And I think our coaches do a great job of sharing that. But I think what you said a minute ago is true. We're trying to get them outside as much as they can, you know, and yeah, it may be cold and yeah, it may, may rain a little bit, but you know, we got to play in it. We got to run in it. So let's go out and face it and take it, you know, right in stride. So um, we try to face those conditions. I, I think back, uh, when I was at Lexington, this coming weekend is the Lexington Track Invitational, and it's going to snow. It snows every year at the Lexington Track Invitational. In fact, one, one part one part of the um, one part of the straightaway, the sun doesn't hit it right away, and so we have to wait for it to melt before you can get out there and start the track meet. So, you know, I think that's just part of high school athletics and part of what we are uh, facing each and every day. And down here, we don't have to worry about the snow as much as we do the rain, but you know, also the wind conditions play a factor in it as well. Everybody's dealing with some kind of challenge in that regard, but uh, seems like you you and your uh, crew are handling it uh, pretty well or as well as you can uh, at this point, Joe. Appreciate the time here today and uh, looking forward to really hitting the meat of our schedule in our conversation next week. Yeah, Jason, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to following up with you next week. Have a great week. Absolutely. That is Princeton Athletic Director Joe Roberts joining us once again for Inside Princeton Vikings Athletics here on vikenation.org and ESP Media powered by Sidearm Sports.